Welcome to another amazing episode of the Archapreneur Now podcast. I am your host, Heath Armstrong, and I am humbled to be here today to have you listening, whoever you are, wherever you may be, whatever you may be creating, you are fist pumping, and I hope that you are smiling and creating the life that you love one step at a time, because that's what we're doing here on the Entrepreneur Now. Today, I've got some goodie, goodies from a guest named Trajan King from InvincibleStartup.com. He has worked, I mean, his resume is insane. He's done all sorts of consulting work on the interwebs in the nerd sphere since 95, working with companies like eBay, Adobe, Apple, Honda, Oracle, Yahoo. He's going insane. He, he is setting an example that everything is attainable, everything is possible, and now he has created this platform, InvincibleStartup.com, where you can actually get on there and learn and take courses, and I mean, it's like, it's like a whole database of goodies for somebody who wants to start their own business, so check that out, little boys and girls. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com forward slash 55, and here we go. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, then get on with your bad selves, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you better strap up that seatbelt because we are about to take you on one hell of a ride. Our guest today has been dominating the nerd sphere of the internet since 1995. Up and down and all around Silicon Valley, doing his duty to help entrepreneurs create the invincible startup we all desire. He's the founder of InvincibleStartup.com, and he's got a team all over the world with some clout that will make us all blush and giggle and shout like a little schoolgirl. A skidamarinkity-dinkity-dink, a skidamarinkity-doo-hoo. Trajan King, you are the entrepreneur now. What's going on, man? Oh, man, that's the best introduction that I've ever heard. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to do them, I'll tell you that much. It is. That's awesome. I, I love the energy. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the introduction. I'm kind of speechless after all that. That is a, that's amazing. I think you missed your calling as a, uh, an actor or a WWF hey, announcer. Man. WWF was awesome back in the day. It might have been where I subconsciously learned how to do that. But yeah, I guess yeah, it's man, WWE nowadays, it's, right? It's probably like Tennessee Valley Wrestling now. I don't know, but yeah, we're going old school with WWF. <laughs> I used to, I used to have the ring in like three hundred different figures. And the other day, I was at a flea market and I saw, you know, the big, huge rubber wrestling ones, like the original ones, the giant. Oh, right, ones. dude. This guy had like a box of like forty of them. And I wanted them so bad, and my girlfriend was like, "No, no way." And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> it's either me? the it's either the wrestling action figures or her. Yeah, take right? her pick. So I'm sure you miss her. Yeah, yeah, right. I haven't talked to her since. <laughs> so, but 
Yeah, man, it's good to have you on. Like, I'm pumped up to to learn about you and share it with the audience. Uh, we do bring the energy early here, kind of sets the pace. And you've done a lot of amazing things. I mean, you've you've diddled around with all sorts of different entrepreneurial aspects. You worked with some huge companies like eBay, Adobe, AMD, Apple, Honda, Yahoo. I mean, you're blowing it off the charts. <laughs> and you know wh- wh- why this why this company, Invincible Startup, now like how. How did you come about this particular idea and why now? Yeah, well, I've done uh, about 15, 15 or more startups. Uh, when, I, when I worked with all those companies in Silicon Valley, I was a consultant for several years in the Valley and uh, I worked on their networks, built part of eBay's intranet in the late 90s when they were uh, just infant, an in- yeah. infant company. And then I've done a bunch of startups, uh, you know, like I said, about 15 uh, for, for myself and with partners, and some have been funded, some have been uh, bootstrapped, some have been really awesome, and some total failures. Um, and right now I run a company, I'm the CEO of a, a company called Exact Conversion, which does uh, A-B testing and multivariate testing and uh, helps people convert more of their traffic online. So, uh, so that's kind of uh, uh, my day job. And then Invincible Startup is a... A, a company or a website that I started for entrepreneurs or startups to get training and mentorship and resources for a very low 35 bucks a month uh, to, just to help them get off the ground. Because in my journey working, I worked on Wall Street for, for a little while and then moved to Silicon Valley and with my startups, I've done some right things and I've also made a lot of, a lot of mistakes and I know other, other startups or other entrepreneurs kind of been down that road as well. And I wanted to create something that would help people just either starting to grow their business or just starting on the road to, uh, to building a startup. I wanted to give them resources and training and mentorship that would help them be able to build something that they can be a pr- proud of for a low cost and uh, help them avoid some of the costly mistakes that, that some of us have made who have already done it before. Yeah, man, definitely. That that sounds right up my alley. And I think we all go through those costly mistakes. I think, I mean, 95% of stuff that I try, I just fail. <laughs> sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's not. But I honestly, you know, as you know, and people say this all the time, you learn something every time you fail. So for sure, it's for not sure. something that's negative. And, and, you know, even though there's been some times where I decided to like, you know, kick a hole in the wall and, you know, hit the bottle and wake up face down, pants down in the bushes somewhere. Cause I was so upset. <laughs> no, I rebuttaled. I got back up on my feet and right. Well, that's what my mistakes. Not get knocked down seven times. Get up eight times. Like a little yeah, build Japanese. A bigger bar. Yeah. Built a bigger <laughs> bar to celebrate the next time that I actually, that's was, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I really believe in mentorship. And my first job out of college, I had a, a great boss who was a, a mentor and taught me a lot. And so wherever I've gone, whether I'm working for somebody else or even if I'm the CEO of a company, I always try to have a mentor or a mastermind group, a group of people that are, that are better than me, that are cooler than me, smarter than me, so that I can learn from. Yeah, so how did you come about? I mean, what, about what time in your career did you come up with the idea that you needed your first mentor, like straight on kind of coach? It was the first job out of college, and you know when you're when you're young and out of college. At least in my experience, I, I thought I knew everything, 
a lot of people do. And, and uh, he really opened my eyes and took me on business trips and gave me opportunities. And I, I just realized how much that I didn't know and how much I could learn. And uh, I tried to take advantage of that, that situation where I, I pretty much was the assistant to the CEO of this, uh, of this company. And I learned so much, I, re- I realized, you know, I need a guy like this wherever I go, whatever, whatever I'm doing. Um, I need I need somebody that I can that I can learn from. It's like that uh, that Ben Folds fi- song. Uh, there's always somebody cooler than you. Yeah. And no matter how cool you are, there's always somebody that's cooler than you. And uh, I was lucky enough to have a good mentor um, early on that helped me know you know know what to do, know what what not to do. And so I've tried to tried to always have somebody that I could that I could learn from. Yeah, I get a little insecure sometimes because there's people around me that are always cooler than me. And so I carry around like this sweet pair of Daisy Dukes and I put them on and then immediately everybody's just jealous. And, you know, they ride a little high and I get some weird looks, but I think it I think it helps me set the confidence in you. Well, <laughs> then you know who your friends are <laughs> after that, you know? Anybody that can put up with that, it's got to be your got to be your true friend. <laughs> what are you trying to say here, man? <laughs> hey, I've never seen your leg, so I, I don't know. Well, they're they're Maybe. long and <laughs> pale and probably extremely frightening. Uh, <laughs> you know, I could just tattoo Casper on there, and you probably wouldn't even be able to see the difference in color. Well, maybe next summer you can get out a little bit more. <laughs> take a take a little break, yeah, right? But yeah, I mean, my mentors are huge, and I I one hundred percent agree with you. And I didn't just until recently, you know, hire a full time coach, and it's it's been unbelievable. Like what what power they have to to point things out and and change the way you think and of course it comes with a lot of mindfulness and self-evaluation and i've had a big you know problem with not simplifying enough and i'm trying to do that now but yeah i a hundred percent agree with the mentor well sometimes we get so wrapped up in our own project our own company or startup we're so in the middle of it it's hard for us to step back and think well first of all what am i even doing and should I be doing this? Should I be spending my time on this or something else? So a mentor or a coach can really help you step back and, and look at what you're doing. And then when you hit a roadblock, it's good to have a mentor or even better, a, a mastermind group of people that can give you a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion on, on what you should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know the team that you work with is also amazingly important, which You've got a little team doing this kind of invincible startup project with you. Uh, well, you got three other guys in it, two guys and a girl. Yeah, two guys and a girl. We're bringing on some other some other mentors soon because uh, we do we do interviews with successful entrepreneurs. They're they're all videoed. They're uh, about an hour long with entrepreneurs. We just did one uh, that's live on the site uh, of a guy who worked at the White House, and he was an attaché to the president. So he was on a, on a diplomatic mission to Rome to visit uh, Prime Minister Berlusconi. And he saw all these really awesome ties in Italy, these different kind of ties than we have here. And he got really interested in selling these ties. So he went back to Rome, found a supplier, and got all these ties made and started selling them for 455 bucks <laughs> to guys all around the White House. And so that, now that's his business. He was, uh, just wanted a lifestyle business because he, he really loved Italy. He spoke Italian. And he wanted a business that he could build where 
he could go to Italy every year. So he built that business. And in the interview, he talks about all the things that he did to start that business. So, so we have those interviews on there, kind of like what you do in your podcast when you're interviewing entrepreneurs, things you can learn from, from entrepreneurs that have done interesting things. We do that with video interviews. And then we have courses that are about different things. I just did a course on how to, how to build a product, and we're doing one on how to grow your email list. And uh, we've got one on Facebook marketing. So they're all video courses. Um, so anyway, my, my point was I'm doing it with, uh, with some, other, some other mentors, people in this space that have been successful. And we're, we're bringing on more, more uh, every couple of weeks so we can build out a good library of, uh, of training videos. Bomb diggity, man. And I know you're, you've got a, a couple social media whiz kids on the team, some SEO experts. Um, and obviously Josh Denning from the Tropical Entrepreneur is in there on, on the team. So that's got to be good mm-hmm. to have such amazing talents around you. So given, given your guys' expertise in you know product development or growing your email list or SEO, what are some of the most important things that you would tell someone who's trying to start a company? You know, Let's say, I don't want to get too broad, but let's say someone who wants to start like a website-based company uh, marketing, how, how would they grow that business? I think the first thing that I would do, even before you have, have a product, would be to start, start building an email list because that's, that's your, your base or who, who are, who are going to be not only your clients, but they're, they're going to give you your feedback. I'm a real big believer in the lean startup, starting something as simple as possible with the fewest bells and whistles possible and then building an audience so you can get their feedback as you build it. And as you build that product, you can ask, involve them in the process, get them, get their buy-in, get them giving you feedback. And that really helps you decide what you need to build, what people have problems with, refine your product. And then once you're ready to release it, you've got a, you've got a built-in prospective client list or a pipeline all ready to go. So the number one thing I would do is focus on building an email list and building a, a social media following in Facebook or Twitter. Just to get an audience. And I think a good example of that is uh, is looking at looking at movie stars and how they get paid. Is the reason why they get paid so much for sponsorships or movies or commercials or whatever or or athletes they get paid to be in commercials is because they have a following. And it's the same. It's the same for an entrepreneur or for a startup. Is if you want to get paid no matter what your product is, is you need a following. You, need, you don't need people that want your autograph or all that kind of nonsense, but you need people that are following and invested in you and what you're, what, what you're doing to solve any kind of problem they have with your, with your product or service. Yeah, I mean, build that trust with them and, and it can be extremely powerful. And I mean, I even know with people that I follow in particular, like if chances are if I've purchased one thing from them, I'm going to purchase something else as long as it's of quality. And I'm still, you know, if I'm mm-hmm. still following them, then obviously it's of quality. And if you can set that standard in place and, and your audience comes and they like what you have, then they're going to keep coming back because you're going to become an authority to them. And it's huge. Yeah. And I think no matter what kind of business you have, your personal brand is important. And if you're, if you're a, an entrepreneur, chances are you're probably going to have a few different companies over your, over your career. You might work on a project and it doesn't work out, or maybe it, it's wildly successful and you move on to another project, but your personal brand follows you throughout your career. 
So having that Twitter handle or that Facebook page or your email list is, is good for, your, for yourself and for your brand, no matter what project you're working on. And then once you do come up with a product or start a new company, you've got that audience that's already there for you and you don't have to go and, and, uh, and start from scratch. Yeah, then you can have like pizza parties and fist pump with them and stuff. Yeah, that's right. I mean, people, people gravitate to you. You know, you've, you've got a different personality than some of the other podcasts I've been on. And for your listeners, then they're listening to this podcast because they jive with your personality. They might not jive with my personality if I had a podcast because I'm different. But be yourself on your, in, your, in your medium, you know, whether it's a podcast or Facebook or Twitter. Be yourself and people that, that like what you have to offer are going to gravitate to you. And then yeah, you can I, have your pizza parties and run around in your Daisy Dukes. <laughs> and those are, those are your people. Pogo stick across the United States in tube socks. <laughs> yeah, That's right. You want, you want to be with your, with your people, Heath. <laughs> I think it's huge, man. I think they do, they do latch on. And, and I've talked to a, quite a few bloggers who said that they used to try and write styles or you know, kind of copy other blogs the way people wrote. And then as soon as they started writing actually what was flowing through their head, what they actually thought, what they actually felt, people relate to that stuff. I mean, they want to know that you're having the same problems as them. They want to know that you're going through those trenches. And that's how you gain a trust, you know, a trusted following when you're transparent and and when you become super real with your audience. Yeah. And they want to know that you're a real person. Think about how aggravating it is or how apathetic we are to deal with Time Warner Cable or, oh or T-Mobile or one of those big companies where it's just a company. I mean, that's why they have spokespeople. That's why they have the athletes and, and uh, actors to be, their, to be their faces because they're trying to put a face on the corporation. So you need to do that for yourself, or we do, for our, for our personal brand so people can relate to us. And when we're writing a blog post, it shouldn't be just corporate speak, it's got to be, have a personality to it because that's what people really gravitate to. And not everybody's going to like you, but who cares? Yeah, I know. You want, I, you want the people that relate to you. I actually keep a, a log on Trello of all the negative things people have said to me. <laughs> it's good motivation, you <laughs> know? And like, I had a, a conversation with Paul Kemp. He runs the App Guy podcast. We do a mastermind together. And he was reading off like, this entire page of things that people had sent him. I mean, it was hilarious. And those people in Europe, man, they just, they like to use the word cunt like all the time. And it was like every slander towards him, they were saying it. And I'm like, man, if, if I said that around like females here in the United States, it doesn't go over very well, you know? Yeah. That's uh, probably not a good idea, but yeah. that, but that shows if you're, if you're getting all fabulous feedback, then, then maybe you don't have much of a personality that, that's going to get people to gravitate to you. True, man. You, you need, awesome. you need some negative feedback. So the fact that, that not everybody likes you is probably a good thing. Absolutely. I mean, your mom will always love you. Heath. <laughs> it took me, that's you know, it took me until I was six to really stop breastfeeding and I was real attached. So I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I guess that sounds pretty bad. Maybe not until six. Well, you live in Kentucky, so maybe it's different <laughs> down there. Oh man, you're right. I wish I had like a <laughs> mix board set up so I could do like a drum roll and a cymbal there. <laughs> but don't ching. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure you've so, never heard that before. 
uh, no, I actually did a blog post a, a while back called get off the tit and discover your true champion. And literally it was about breaking away from, you know, holding on to what everybody else gives you, getting out of your comfort zone and just doing it yourself. And that's the only way to really get out. And it's real. I mean, when you, I think Google even now likes when you write the way that you talk, you know, it's getting away from the more traditional college press style writing to, to actually, you know, how you would record a YouTube video or how you would talk. So. Yeah, they, they actually, uh, I had a call this earlier today with my SEO team that works on some of the websites I, I have. In addition to uh, Invincible Startup, I have some other e-commerce sites. And they were telling me about how Google is so advanced now that if, if you write a blog post that's kind of like a, like a term paper that you wrote in college, that's real yeah. professional and kind of a little, bit, uh, a little bit bland, that Google actually penalizes you for that. Because they don't want kind of the same old crap posted on every every website. They want a voice. Yeah. They want to know that it's that you're 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 talking about something and not just trying to put up content to get it indexed. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it's pretty it's pretty awesome to hear that because it 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 makes it more exciting. You know, you don't have to go back and be boring and write like that anymore. You can be mm-hmm. yourself, and it's it's opening up a whole new door of opportunity. Yeah, well, what what do you do when you go to a website and and it's just that kind of content? You bounce right away. You don't want to read yeah. read that kind when of your bounce garbage. rate goes up, then you get penalized too, like crazy, because they consider it like nobody wants to see the content on your site. So right, and it's just not engaging. And we were talking about building your email list. You want you want to show some personality, so people are like, "Man, this Heath guy is kind of interesting and a little crazy." I'm going to subscribe to his news- newsletter because you never know what he's going to say. <laughs> that That's going to be much more fun for you and interesting for the, for the readers than just like, oh, wow, he posted another article about the 10 most effective things to do on Pinterest. <laughs> and you can find that. You can find that anywhere. Yeah. My problem with the email list has been, you know, once I get their information, I, I guess I send them too many selfies or something and then they just start unsubscribing <laughs> on me. Maybe ease up on the on the cutoff jeans. <laughs> yeah, the Daisy Duke selfies aren't going over well with my with my listeners. Right. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's get into uh SEO a little bit, I guess. And I was on your all site gazing around and there's some really good stuff on there. And you guys had this startup pyramid, which I really really liked. It was the less effective versus the more effective way, and it made so much sense. Dude, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything really drawn out like that anywhere. Did you all? Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you like that. I did. I did come up with that. I made that that graphic. And uh, first of all, thank you for using the word y'alls. <laughs> don't, I don't hear that very often where where I'm from. Well, I'm um, in the southeast, but, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the startup pyramid, and you can find it on on a, on the blog at invinciblestartup.com. And it's it's two pyramids contrasting uh, how startups are usually done versus how I, I think they should be done based on my experience with 15-plus startups. And uh, it started with the premise of working with startups that, that the first thing a lot of startups do is they'll go out and print business cards and make hats and T-shirts and make a fancy office and work on all the stuff that doesn't matter at all um, rather than making a very simple product that will make some money. 
and trying to get to a, sa a sale. So my point with that article is that you've got to turn the traditional pyramid upside down. Don't worry about making business cards and t-shirts and hats and all that stupid crap because nobody cares about it. The only thing that matters is getting a sale. Yeah, that shit's not going to stick to anything. I mean, they might wear it, but the hell, if they're not going to your site and buying anything you have, what does it matter, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just, it's amazing how many, and I've, I'm, I've been guilty of this in my career, and sometimes I still am, but it's amazing at, when you're first starting a company, how we start, how we focus on the wrong things, kind of the, the vanity tasks. Everybody likes to have a t-shirt that says their company name on it, so they can say, well, I've got a company, yeah. but... It, just because you have a T-shirt doesn't mean you have a company. You need to get to get a sale as soon as possible. Yeah, focus on the right things. And I actually hang out around this place called Awesome Inc. here in Lexington, and it's an accelerator. And they've got a lot of startups in there that work. And it, I go in there and I do coding school and I try to learn how to do apps, even though it makes my head explode. Huh. And it's really good to be around all those people that are on the same page. And, and they teach the same kind of principles. You know, when these startups come in, you don't see these guys out there marketing, you know, hats and t-shirts and passing them out for something. They're working on their product and they're working on mm. how to get it to people or pitch it to, you know, big companies that are going to take a look at it where they can actually make money. And it's it's a it's a harsh reality and I've gone through it too, man. I've been a, I've been a victim of, you know, being a moron and and doing it the bad way. The uh the not so effective, less effective pyramid, right? Right, right. I think we've all been there. Another one of my rants in that pyramid is uh, is the is the stealth mode. Uh, I think stealth mode is a huge waste of time, um, where where you start something and it's so secretive and you're so protective of it that you <laughs> want to make it perfect and you work on it for forever and ever, and you won't even tell your grandma what it is because you're afraid somebody's going to steal your amazing idea. When in reality, ideas don't mean anything. Ideas are a dime a dozen. It's the, it's the execution that matters. So like, a, like we were saying a little while ago, when you start something, you want people to be invested in it and care about it and know about it, first of all. And if you're, if you're in stealth mode, nobody knows about it or cares about it. So you're just making it harder on yourself. Yeah. Have, you ever, have you ever worked with a company that was in stealth mode? Absolutely, man. I've done it before. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. I'll yeah. tell you that much. And yeah. So, what, what's your what was your experience with with that? End. Why why did you go into stealth mode? Well, I I feel like you you develop something and you're afraid that somebody else is going to take it. But in, in in this industry in particular, like it was in the app industry that I was working on it with. Like, what's the point? I mean, and then it got to because I did the stealth mode thing. I got to a point where I had this app designed. I couldn't make it, but because I hadn't showed it to anybody or reached out to ask people what they thought about it or ask for help, I got nothing, you know? And then it just ended up falling out and, and it was a terrible experience. Mm -hmm. And I put so much time and effort into it and I just don't think that it, it was the right way to go at all. Well, I highly recommend the book, The Lean Startup, because it talks it talks all about how, how you should get your customers engaged or potential customers engaged. Even if you don't have a product, um, engaged in getting their feedback. Yeah, I had a, a local a guy here. I had a previous show, Seth McBee. He created this LED running vest, and he's actually targeting construction companies now with it. Pretty mm -hmm. cool product. It lights up like 100 different ways, and I've got one of them. But he actually recommended that book to me 
the other day. So I'll have to definitely check it out. And I'll put that in the show notes at artsynow.com forward slash Trajan King. And you guys can get your silly little booties over there and check it out. You better spell my name because nobody will ever find that page. (laughs) (laughs) T-R-A-J-A-N King. That's right. You're correct about that. And when it comes out, you know, obviously the show notes, I think you are episode 55 as well. So, okay, cool. Trajan, what about, what about SEO, man? Uh, What are some things that you have seen work as far as driving traffic to websites and and some other things that not are not so much? Well, a couple of things that we're focusing on now, aside from uh, how we mentioned the content, making the content be very, uh, very personable and very unique. Uh, secondly, we're focusing on connecting it to our social media because that that is counted now from Google uh, how how active you are on social media. So we're we're really active on so, social media and working on our engagement, uh, mostly Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, since YouTube is now the second largest search engine in the world uh, once uh, once Google bought it. So we we're doing more and more on on YouTube um, in regards to uh, mostly posting video content via webinars. We do, uh, we do a lot of webinars. We do about one, one a week at Invincible Startup where we'll, we'll have an expert on for the members of Invincible Startup um, on, on specific topics. And then that gets put on our YouTube channel. And that is a really good way to get content up there, doing a webinar on Google Hangouts. And then it gets automatically posted to your YouTube channel, and that gets that gets indexed, and that's great for SEO for yeah. your 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 account. So that's kind of an easy way to generate content if you're already doing webinars. Um, and then and then this isn't really related to to web traffic, but we we're focusing a lot on conversions and doing doing more with what we have because I SEO is a long term project. It's something you kind of work on here and there a little bit each each day or week to build up your rankings and build up traffic over time. But we want to do more with the traffic we have. So we work a lot on building our audience, building up our email list, and and trying to increase conversions of the traffic that we have through A-B testing or changing up our website. Uh, frequently updating content on our website is also very important. So we change something on our website at least once a week in addition to the blog. Um, if you're an e-commerce site, it's important to update your products, not just sell the same, the same 10 products all the time because Google doesn't like that. So we, we update or change around our products every couple of weeks. Yeah, Google's getting a little picky, huh? Yeah, they really want you to, to have a, a, a real business, which I think is good. There's so many... Yeah, so, so many stale websites out there. there. Yeah, so many, so much black hat stuff, and so many sites that people put up expecting that oh, if I put this site up, now I can just sit back and watch the money roll in. <laughs> but they, they, yeah, that's not true. They want you to have a real business with articles that have good content that come from you, the products that are being updated all the time. You know, they need to be updated for Christmas products or summer products. You know, they want you to be really active in your business. So if you've got a business that is like that, 
that you're really you're really into it and you're you're working on it and you're not just trying to have a have a have a passive income without doing anything then it's it's great for you 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 will benefit from that yeah i i might need you to throw an eyeball on my side again and just let me know what i cuz i'm i'm in the process of rearranging the top banner area to try to make it maybe add a little bit more personal brand in with me because there's just nothing really you know, there's no pictures of me. And, and like you said earlier, people don't know who, you know, who's actually on that. I mean, if they read through the blog and listen to the podcast, obviously, but people who go straight to the website, they've got no clue what the website is or anything like that. So it's well, definitely well, interesting material. Yeah. Let's talk about conversion for a second. Cause I think that's really important. SEO gets people to your website, but conversion gets them to buy something. So uh, with uh, my other company, exactconversion.com, we work with a lot of companies on helping them increase the conversion. And some things that we notice are that one of the most visited pages on a website is the About Us page. Like you said, people want to know who they're dealing with. They want to know who's behind this website. They don't want it to just be some big company, some monolith. They want to build up that trust. So the About Us page is really important. It's important to put up pictures of the people involved, their names, their bios, so it's not just some kind of lame text that's like, we're one of the leading providers of, of golf clubs or whatever. Because <laughs> people see, see text like that and they think, okay, there's no person involved. I don't know who's behind this. And everybody says there's a lead, they're a leading provider of whatever. And it just doesn't, it's not credible. So your about us page needs to be really credible and then and then you need to have your contact information your phone number your chat or whatever at the very top of every page uh, the days of of being able to hide behind the website and hoping that people will just go to your site and buy something without without you having to be there are are over people want to know if they're going to buy something from you that they can reach you and that that doesn't even mean that they're going to call you. They just want to know that they could if they needed to. And I think a good example of this is either Amazon or Zappos.com. If you go to either one of their sites and they're testing their content all the time and they're making changes all the time, and you look at a couple of elements that they have on their site and, and try to learn from that. You go to their site and they say they have they have their phone number at the top, they've got a chat at the top, and they've got a what what's called a trust element that shows either a testimonial, uh, how many credit cards they accept, maybe Better Business Bureau, anything that shows that, that people can trust you is going to increase your sales. And then third, they've got a big search bar at the top, which may not be relevant to every site, but a big search bar front and center, and then a, a call to action on every page. Um, if your page is too colorful and has too much text and all the buttons are the, the same color or they're all different colors. People get confused. So look at Zappos and notice as you're going looking through products that everything is, is like a drab color, but the buy now button or whatever they want you to click on on that page is a different color than everything else. Yeah. I think on Zappos it's, it's either green or orange. So they're kind of leading you through this funnel. So when you get to the site, they, they, they get credibility by showing – that they have their phone number up there. You know you can you can call them. You know they have 24-hour service or they you can return things. They've got all that stated right up front. And then they they tell you what they want you to do by 
placing big obvious buttons on on everything. So so that's just a little rant on some of the things that I've seen uh, with converting on websites that that I think are important and if if done done correctly can greatly increase anybody's sales by making those small little changes. Yeah, I think you start to see this call of action theme or functions built into some of the newer WordPress themes too where they're making buttons bigger with you know, like a circle around them and, and arrows pointing to them and things like that, which grab mm-hmm. people's attention easier. Yeah, if you're if you're designing a page or making a page on your site, for every page you should ask yourself, when somebody comes to this page, what do I want them to do? If there are too many links or too many buttons or it's confusing, people oftentimes they don't try to figure it out. They just leave. Mm-hmm. And that's lost traffic and lost sales. So that's why some of those templates have big arrows like like in Las Vegas, you know, the big signs that want the point to the front door, they want to make it obvious that you should be clicking on a button. Yeah. It makes so much sense, man. There's a huge yeah. psychology behind it. Yeah, there is. And and small things make a huge difference. So I really believe in in testing and seeing what works. And if it doesn't work, try something else. Well, I'm guilty. I mean, I honestly I haven't had too much conversion rate on like signing up for email list. I haven't gotten it. And the main reason is I, I've been meaning to put together, you know, some kind of valuable ebook. I haven't done it yet. So I, I know that when an audience member goes to the site or a listener, there's nothing really of value for them to take back for giving me their email. But at the same time, yeah. I don't really have anything on the site that says, hey, you know, this is where you can, you know, there's a, there's a pop-up maybe that comes on for the first time visitors, but uh, there's a lot of things that I can work on and I just, I'm just now starting to dive into that and I'm extremely interested in learning about it though. Well, there, there's so much to do, but I think starting there with getting people to opt into your list is a great place to start because then you're, you're taking advantage of the traffic. It's, it's sad to think that a lot of the people that go to our websites may never come back. And if we can get their email address by offering them something of value, then that's very valuable for your business. Yeah, absolutely, man. Cool. Well, if you're if you're running traffic to your site, and I think that I'm I'm still just trying the ultimate method of packing meta tags with porn names, you know, because that works the best, right? <laughs> <laughs> but to know hey, that's <laughs> <laughs> well, then people will just be disappointed when they come to your site. <laughs> well, that's where the pictures they'll, they'll of the Daisy Dukes come in. Right, right, but yeah, they'll—that's why they'll be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, so I'm. That's bait, bait and switch. Bait and switch. They're yeah, like, perfect. man, I wanted some good pictures, and I, I, uh, <laughs> and I got, I got a picture of Heath and Daisy Dukes. Uh, well, Treasure man, I, I'm actually—we're running out of time already, which is cr- kind of crazy hard to believe. And I would totally love to get you on another episode in the future because I think you have so much value and insight or at least uh, get the link to your podcast when you start doing it. And I'll just check out your blog and things like that to learn some more from you. But before we go, if you had to battle Godzilla, how would you use your creativity or talents to defeat that big, ugly bastard? Well, I I feel like that's a little bit of a trick question because I don't think Godzilla could be defeated. Like if there was a real Godzilla, I know in the movie, in the movies he's, He's defeated. Actually, in the original Godzilla, I believe he was killed. And then that, that movie was so popular, they kept bringing him back in all the subsequent, subsequent movies. 
but like if there was a real Godzilla, I don't know. I don't know if he could be defeated. Uh, so I, I guess t- to answer your question, to be really creative, um, I would get I would get one of those Tie Fighters from Star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back. I'd yeah. take him down like a like a snowwalker, with uh, <laughs> fly fly around in circles and uh, until he get, his feet got bound up, and then he'd fall over. I'd light him on fire and roast him, and then I'd feed I'd feed the whole country for a month. <laughs> that's that's the mind of a businessman thinking right there, <laughs> turning it into opportunity. Feeding that's the right. Poor. Have a little barbecue, uh, yeah. maybe a, a start a food truck. Godzilla, Godzilla beef barbecue. <laughs> I'd say that's a pretty unique answer, man. I've had lots of good ones on here, and that was the first time I've really heard someone outright say that you don't think Godzilla can be defeated. So. Well, I don't want to be a pessimist. I'm just trying to be real about it. You know, he's a he's a mighty, mighty monster. <laughs> the mighty, mighty monster. <laughs> we Not keep it real here, up. man. 100%. That's what I'm talking about, right? That's right. That's get right. funky, get crazy. Uh, how can our listeners find you or get in contact with you, Trajan? Well, I would love to hear from any of the listeners that are working on a startup or they're thinking about a startup. You can find me at invinciblestartup.com. No hyphens or anything just invinciblestartup.com or or tweet me at at trajan king t-r-a-j-a-n-k-i-n-g yeah and trajan likes to post selfies on twitter too so you guys are in for a treat <laughs> uh, if i can find some daisy dukes i will uh oh, i will post some in your honor don't lie that's how i found you on twitter in the first <laughs> place i was hashtag searching for daisy duke selfies and you popped you know what? i don't want to i don't want to break the internet we by were, putting up something like that. I thought we were being transparent here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dig I'll I'll go you one better and I'll dig out my speedo. Actually <laughs> I actually bought a speedo one time because I, I do triathlons and uh oh, I bought nice. a speedo uh for one of the triathlons and I put it on one time and no offense to our viewers in, in Europe because I know this is a big it's no big deal in Europe, but I put it on and I just couldn't do it. So I actually have never worn it out of the house. I don't think I even have it. That was <laughs> well, my one time with my speedo. I just couldn't do it. I, I ran a half marathon last uh, weekend, and there was a guy with a speedo running the back, you know, the opposite direction. It was pretty hilarious. He was <laughs> he was running too. backwards. Well, he was running the opposite way that the main group was running. So he started at the end and ran to the beginning. And, and oh was, wow, yeah. So that everybody can see be, him face off. He must be British. They do things opposite, don't they? Yeah. They drive on the opposite side of the road. I think, you know what? His Speedo, it might have actually been the British flag Speedo. That sounds honest, about right. thinking about it. So. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it's been a blast. Thanks for coming on. Uh, everybody get out there. Do a little boogie. Do a little jive. Do something crazy. Go beat your neighbor's door down and give him a high five. Uh, I mean, don't do that literally. I, I thought you were going to say, go out there and beat your neighbor. And I thought, <laughs> man, is that, is, is that what your neighbor heard us say? Yeah. Well, sometimes you got, the streets are rough, man. When you stop, you got to keep them spinning out here in Kentucky. That's right. I guess so. Yeah. On your part of town. Well, thanks <laughs> thanks for having me on the show, Heath. I'd love to uh, to come on your show anytime. It's been a blast. Yeah, dude, definitely. And everybody, surrender to your passion. Practice, practice, practice. Break the rules, but first break the rulers. And Trajan, thank you so much for being the Archipreneur now. And always remember to keep it funky, man. Thanks a lot. And I look forward to seeing everybody at the uh, Godzilla barbecue.
Touche. Look for it to a ta- at a town near you. <laughs> that might have to be the episode name. How to, <laughs> how to barbecue Godzilla in a town near you. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Archapreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.